Good morning, friends. Uh, today's message is titled The Quality of Peace, and uh, my base text is Romans 14:19. As you may recall, we're spending time looking at the fruit of the Spirit, considering how we may see these qualities come alive in our daily lives. The fruit of the Spirit is developed by walking in the Spirit day after day, and is developed by the intentional cultivation of each quality. Just as the as yielding high-quality fruit in the garden requires attention, nurturing, and care, so it is in the Christian life. And we've seen so far how love and joy must be cultivated. Today we're going to look at the quality of peace. Now, I don't have to tell you that if any quality is needed in the lives of people today, it is the quality of peace. If any quality is needed in our families, our community of faith, in our culture, throughout the entire planet, it's this quality. Just look at the headlines of these last few weeks. Paul said in no uncertain terms, when you're walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, your life will be defined by peace. Not turmoil or turbulence or rage or revenge, but peace. So two quick things I want you to know about peace. First, it is God's promise. He wants to fill your life with peace. I mean, time does not permit me to mention every place in the Bible where we are promised God's peace, but you can sum it up with Jesus' statement in John 16:33. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace. It's a promise, then, you can claim. Well, the second thing I want you to see about peace, it is God's command. Romans 12:18. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, I speak from experience. I mean, those who take this verse of Scripture seriously tend to experience a more peaceful existence. If you'll take your own contentiousness off the menu, you'll be amazed at how much easier it is to get along with other people. Now, I realize that there are a few cantankerous souls out there, I call them joy suckers, who just can't get along with anyone, and there's not much you can do about them, but thankfully they're far and few between. However, if you will do what you can do to get along with others, a significant percentage of the population will comply. And after all, it's worth a try. So today we're going to talk about cultivating this specific aspect of the fruit of the Spirit, the quality of peace. And there are three steps that I think you need to consider to take every day. First of all, peace is something you need to put on for yourself. I'm saying that to experience the feeling, this emotional state of inner peace, you need to start, you need to do your part. Experiencing the peace of God is not a passive process. You just can't wait for it to wash over you and take control of your life. You need to, in the words of Peter, seek peace and pursue it. In Colossians 3.12, Paul said, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, the same could be said of peace. It's something you put on. We have peace with God, not because of anything we have ever done in our own strength, but because of what his son Jesus, the Messiah, has done for us. We have all found ourselves in the same predicament. We feel separated from God and at war with ourselves because of our sinful sinful behavior. And to resolve this dilemma, the Bible says in Romans 5.8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, he bridged the gap that exists between you and God, and he brought peace into the relationship. We're no longer at odds with God. We have peace with God through Jesus. He has done all that he can do. It's up to you and me to receive this peace, to act upon it, to live in it, to clothe ourselves in it. 
In Romans 5.1, Paul said, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this phrase, to have peace with God, can also be translated, let us have peace with God. In other words, accept it, receive it, don't resist it, put it on, clothe yourself in the peace God is offering you. Now, how do you clothe yourself? There's a verse in Isaiah, it's Isaiah 26.3, and I'm going to read from the King James Version that you would do well to memorize. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. You see, friends, when you fix your thoughts on God and his presence in your life and his goodness and his mercy and his love, his peace comes our way. Paul said basically the same things in Romans 8, 6. The mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. I'm saying that if you want to experience the peace of the Holy Spirit, put your mind on your God. I mean, think about him with intention. Spend time in the word. Uh, listen to music that lifts him up. Talk to him and talk to him and talk to him. But putting on the peace of Christ, you experience the peace of Christ and you cultivate his growth in your daily life. This is where it begins. And I mentioned that there are three steps we need to take in the direction of peace. But until we take this first step, we're not fully able to take the other two. So you begin with saying, I need to experience the peace of God within, so I will make him the center of my thoughts all day long. Now, second peace is something you share with others. It's impossible to share with others what you have not experienced yourself. I mean, you can't share peace when you yourself are in turmoil all the time. That's why step one is step one. As you go through the day with your mind on Jesus, you learn to share his peace with others. And in the verse I quoted earlier, Paul said in Romans 12, 18, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. See, peace is not merely a promise. It's an order. It's a requirement. Now, every family, every workplace, every church has one or two uh, who live to keep things stirred up. As nearly perfect as my family is, well, tongue-in-cheek. There are some in the extended part of our family who love to kind of stir things up. They'll say something that you know you disagree with just to get you to respond. Or they'll remind you of mistakes that you've made in the past. I mean, anything to keep conflict alive. And the temptation, of course, is to respond in the same way. In 1 Peter 3, 9, the apostle says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. Now, it doesn't take an advanced degree in sociology to recognize that the ideological climate of our country has become increasingly intolerant of anyone whose opinions veer from what one group or the other deems acceptable. The battle lines have been drawn, and for some there is no middle ground. With very little effort at all, you can spend your entire day in conflict with others, or you can choose to take the path of peace. I remember seeing this on Facebook sometimes after the last election. This is Bob. He voted for Trump. This is Bob's friend, Sally. She voted for Clinton. Bob and Sally are still friends because Bob and Sally are both adults. I kind of like that. This attitude of sharing peace with others is about more than political discussions. It's about everything. It's about choosing the path of peace at every turn. It's about overlooking the instigator's instigations and about refusing to instigate back. Paul says in Romans fourteen nineteen, Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. 
Now, sometimes this means holding your tongue. Sometimes it means changing the subject. Sometimes it means speaking a blessing, even when you've got a snappy comeback, locked, loaded, and ready. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. It is something you put on for yourself. It's something you share with others. And third, it's something you create whenever possible. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. More than merely doing your best to get along with others, there will be times when you have the opportunity to bring two sides together. Now, our goal in our relationships is not to put people in their place, or it's not to knock them down a peg or two. Our goal is to help them move up a peg or two in the direction of God's grace so that they can experience a closer walk with Jesus. Isaiah 58, 12 says, Thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. That's what we want to be, the repairer of the breach. Rather than being the instigator of conflict, rather than being the destroyer of those with whom you disagree, we are called to repair that which is broken. Solomon said in Proverbs 12.20, There is deceit in the hearts of those who plot evil, but joy for those who promote peace. Paul says in Romans 14.19, Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. That's because God has called us to live in peace. It's both a promise and an order. You will experience his peace when you put him front and center in your thoughts. And then you have the opportunity to pass his peace along to others. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, feel the passion.